When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Steel Curtain Network. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what's going on? Welcome to another episode of the Steelers Preview. I am one of the three hosts, Jeff Hartman, and maybe this is the week we'll hear a picket to pickens call as the Steelers prepare for the Cleveland Browns in week two. We're going to talk about that and more. Joining me as always, Dave Schofield. What's up, Dave? Not much, Jeff. Just wish we could hear a little bit more picket of pickens. That would be pretty nice. It would be. It would be. I'm hopeful. Brian Davis joins us as well. Brian, what's up? Well, I tell you what, man, this has been one of those weeks that you, you just can't wait for Monday. You want to wish even the weekend away because you got to shower that stench off and all the showers that I'm taking home is doing nothing. So the Steelers have got to provide the shower flow. Okay, so I want to make a very glaring declaration at the beginning of this show. This is the Steelers preview. Okay, this is not the recap. I've been waiting for this show for literally like 48 <laughs> hours. I can't, I was like, I can't wait till the preview comes. I'm so sick and tired of talking about last week's game. We're not going to talk about it. We might reference it, but we're not going to go down any rabbit holes. Okay. Even if you bring in a super chat, we'll read it. If you ask us a question, we'll give you a short answer and we're moving on with our lives because it's only one week. Here we go. The week two game is coming up. This is a really important game because it's a divisional game and it's the next game on the schedule, as Mike Tomlin would say. So, Dave, I want to ask you, I want to ask you both. I'm going to start with you. When it comes to this upcoming matchup with the Cleveland Browns, what what concerns you the most about this matchup with Steelers Browns? Uh, that well, I kind of hate to hate to say because I don't want to talk about it, but the Steelers don't have momentum and the Browns do. That's the most concerning thing with me is that the is not, and sometimes that can be dangerous. So maybe we'll see. I'd love to see the Browns, you know, maybe breathe it a little bit easier after their big in, you know, state rival win and everything. And the Steelers after getting, you know, punched in the teeth that uh, the, the, the trend, the way things are trending going into it. That's my, honestly, my biggest concern. Mr. Momentum can change address really fast. Brian, what about you? What concerns you about this upcoming week two game? 
it concerns me just that if the Steelers are in their feelings, if they are in their heads and they just don't put this game out of their minds. And if they are in the right frame of mind, they're fine. But it concerns me that uh, if they would get overwhelmed thinking about a tough defense and a tough running game from Cleveland. But we've seen week twos and we've seen bad week ones and week twos turn it around. But it just concerns me that the crowd could get out of it really early. So you just want to keep the crowd in the game and not have the crowd turn on you. Yeah, so the this is a good segue into a concern that I have. And the, the concern that I have are the, some of the injuries the Steelers are experiencing right now. So we'll, this will segue into the news portion of our podcast. Cam Hayward officially goes on injured reserve. Dave, correct me if I'm wrong. Is it a minimum of eight weeks, or is it could he come back earlier if he heals up faster? We'll put it that way. Well, the injured reserve rule is that he has to miss four games. It's not weeks, it's games. They don't let you right. get an advantage because it's it's the bye week in there. So he has to miss four games. But really when it comes to everything else, when they're, they're talking about eight weeks, that's the prognosis for the injury itself. Right. It could be less, it could be more. Um, he's an older guy, so I'm not looking for it to be less. But he could come back after four games. Okay, so – they're saying it's going to be an eight-week thing, and there's been some debate on social media that, oh, it's a sports hernia. Sports hernias are typically also labeled as groin injuries. It's going to require surgery. They're going to have to repair it that way. It's bad. Let's just put it that way. Now, Brian, Mike Tomlin spoke about this on Tuesday, and he said this is not a one-person job to replace Captain Cam. Yeah, they, this is an all-pro caliber player. What do you think the Steelers are going to try to do on the defensive front to at least – cushion the blow so to speak of losing cam hayward well you know what it was interesting to see what they did last week when he went out and came back in it seemed that i i would think that the starting lineup would be larry o taking over cam's spot to start and demarvin if he is fully healthy and he says he is and and it seems like he's going to be able to go and in the middle it just uh it depends who they settle on in the middle. Keanu Benton has already staked a claim to that job. You still have Montrevious. You have other guys. But if anything, the Steelers are deeper than they've been on the offensive line in a long time. You never want to lose Cam Hayward. You, especially his experience and everything he brings you. But for the first time, they're able to go ahead and fill somebody in and not get pushed around like you would have thought they would have in the past. 2016, when they lost Cam for the year, they went on a run and they went to the AFC Championship game, but it wasn't quite the same without Cam Hayward. They're probably more equipped right now to overcome lose Cam for eight games than they were in 2016 when they had a championship-caliber team. That was a torn pectoral, wasn't it, with Cam that knocked him out that season? Yeah, he was gone for the year. Yeah, There's no coming back. Right, no, no, there's not. Now, Dave, I want to ask you the same question. You know, Mike Tomlin said it's a multi-person thing. I think it could be a schematic thing as well. Uh, Talk about that a little bit. Obviously, Brian talked about the depth. What do you think in terms of maybe how they could scheme up the defense a little different to maybe not – require so much defensive line emphasis is that even possible i mean i guess you could but i i honestly i don't know that you can really take the emphasis off the d line because you just you need guys there that are taking up taking up blockers in order to keep your linebackers free the only way you you make up for a deficit there is by getting great inside linebacker play and i don't think the steelers are right now from what we've seen with all the new pieces built for that in week two. I think the bigger thing when it comes to them talking about scheming it up is it's, 
it's what happens when you lose. I don't want to bring up a specific specific name. We all know the specific name from from uh, 2017. But when you use a do it all inside linebacker, you try to replace them with. If you don't have someone that does it all, you've got to try to replace the 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 run stopping with a run stopper, and you've got to try to replace the the pass coverage with a pass coverage guy, and hope to get the right guy on the field at the same time. I kind of feel like right now that's what they think they're going to have to do for Cam Hayward. And I think their best bet to not have to do it that way is the rookie. And I don't know if they're ready to do that in week two. That's who I'd like to see really step into that role primarily would be Keanu Benton. But I don't know that he is. And that's why they're even – I heard a report today that Armand Watts was getting – for you know, first team reps with the defense because he's more of that all around guy. I mean, from what I've seen, I don't know that much about him, even though he was with the Steelers in the preseason. So that that's the best way I think I can sum it up. It's also a really bad matchup too in week two. Cleveland Browns, Nick Chubb, the running game there. You're thinking, oh gosh, maybe we could just run more sub packages and not have as many down linemen, and you could kind of maybe maneuver your way through it. You're not going to want to do that against the Cleveland Browns, at least not unless you get a lead and you're going to force them to throw their way back into the game. And I'm sure we'll reference Cam as we go on throughout the show. There's one bit of bit of news I want to get to before we take a quick break. Dave put this in the random channel on our Slack channel, and I almost like, if I would have had any liquid in my mouth, I would have spit it all over the place. <laughs> the Steelers worked out Brad Wing. Hunter, Brad Wing, like formerly of the Steelers. I used to call him Wing-a-Ding. And I'm like, oh, gosh, because I didn't like him either. He was just – all I want is a consistent punter, and we haven't had that since I don't even know when because it wasn't Jordan Berry. It wasn't whoever was before him. Uh, I don't even know. Come Brian, on, Brian has all-time favorite punters. Come on, Brian. Who's it since? Who was the, Mark who was Royals. The, Dan Straczynski. <laughs> we have to go back that far to players. I don't even know. Never. No, I like of. Mitch Berger. I Mitch like Ron Berger. Stark. Ron Stark was good. Mitch Berger barely had a hamstring to walk on that year that he was punting for the Steelers. But anyways, this is, I want to ask you all a question about this. Cause I saw that first, my first thought was, holy crap. They are trying to kick the tires on Brad wing. And then the second thought was, what does this say to Presley Harvin? Like, I know the shots have been fired. The dude's on his last leg anyways, if you're walking through the facility and all of a sudden you see another punter being worked out, Brad, Brian, all good with you first. What are, what are you thinking? You have to be thinking what is going on. Well, yeah, it's uh, it's like I'm prepared for it when I turn on the preview and when you say, hey, Brian, take the week off, and I turn, turn on, and uh, you're trying out uh, – one of the Australian guys, Maddie or, uh, or, or Marky D, because I mean, they're bringing back an old Australian punter. I mean, bringing, yeah, Wing Jeff just doesn't like Australian punters, I think. Uh, like you know, punters, what? I guess, yeah, it's it's one of those things that you're like, all right, I better show up because there's a Houston, we've got a problem, you know, you've got a problem when. You're bringing, not only bringing in somebody else, but you're bringing in a relic. That guy was last on the team in what, 2014, 2013? They they traded him for a seventh round pick and went with Weasel Boy instead, right, Jeff? Yeah, I mean, that was- Wing-a-ding, wing-a-ding to Weasel Boy. That was 10 years ago. (laughs) You know, so, I mean, yeah, you've, you've, that's hearing footsteps. That's like, yeah, maybe I might not want to, uh, maybe I- might want not want to get that lawn service at my house. Maybe I I might not want to go ahead and buy a house. You know, I, because yeah. yeah, it's it's got to be nervous. You've got to feel like you're getting your time is limited. Dave, what are your thoughts on the this news? I guess that we got today. Well, I I can't remember what year Brad they moved on from Brad Wing. I just remember that. I was sitting in a game, sitting in a game. I'm pretty sure the year was 2014 because I'm, I'm, I'm 90% sure it's the year before I got my season tickets where I'm sitting there with my dad, one section over from where I sit now, and everyone wants to start leaving the stadium when the Steelers are leading uh, 
Like, why well, can't Tampa, I even remember this the, the this is the Tampa Bay game? Tampa Bay. Well, I can't even remember the name of the quarterback. Mike Glennon, right? Glennon. Yeah, Glennon. yeah, because they they stopped him on fourth down. Steelers get the ball back. People start pouring out. I'm like, uh, they got two timeouts left, and that still would have been okay. But what do you know? Good old Brad Wing does a shankopotamus and gives them the ball in Steelers territory for them to go down and win with like nine seconds left in the game. Yeah. That was a punt that basically cost them the game. That was a punt that bad. Now, they want to bring the same guy back. Apparently, he had a lot of uh, substance abuse issues, and he's gotten his life cleaned up since. Maybe that makes him a more consistent punter. We just want consistency. And I, I do want to say something about the whole Presley Car Harvin calling out thing. Coach Tomlin, everyone's like, oh, he called him out. He called him out. He called out the punting unit, and that first punt that was bad, it almost was blocked. Mm -hmm. So everyone that's saying he's calling out Harvin, I don't. I think it's more than Harvin. It's not that Harvin's immune from it, but I think it was more than that. That was a really bad special teams play, and it and because uh, I, I there for a second, I'm like, did someone get a hand on that? Because he had a bunch of people around him on that. Um, I'm not saying that's an, like I said, that's not an excuse for Par Harvin. You still got to punt it better, even with guys around you. But I'm I'm still not sure that that was 100% directed at him. Yeah, you, yeah. You know, they're not they're not bringing in long snappers for workouts. Like, yeah, that that's the guys, true. <laughs> they're not bringing in gunners. Like, they're yeah. not Gunner Olszewski. You know what I mean? I mean, when you wing a ding, <laughs> you call out the unit. That's like calling out the Sunshine Band when you know it's Casey's fault. That's like calling out the news when you're going to blame it all on Huey Lewis. You know, that's, you know, you're not going to, you're not going to call out the saxophone player for Daryl Hall and John Oates. You're going to call out Daryl Hall, or if it's Jeff, he'll call out John Oates. For ruining 2017. You're right. Yes. I mean, you know, it's, yeah, it's, it's still the leader of the band when it comes to the punting unit is, uh, I mean, it's not Teflon Danny Smith Jr. It's. Percy Harvin. Presley Harvin. Gosh. <laughs> <laughs> See, now, now, now here's another I'm gonna one. I'm going to cut him just so I can quit messing up his name. I like the guy. When I, when I messes up his name. See, this is an issue where I say where you could put a punter on the practice squad. If you're needing to have more than one option based on injury or bad performance, that's when you would use one on the practice squad. You don't keep a punter on the practice squad when your punter's doing fine. The problem is if all they're doing is put on the practice squad, that takes away your options because, you know, there are some punters out there on other practice squads that, that, that might be all right. Can't can't get Braden Mann back unless you sign the 53. Is he on the practice squad of the Eagles? Um, the other one, let's go with wrong, wrong country. Forget Australia. Go Belgium. Go Belgium. Bring back the Belgium guy. Corliss Wait. He's, he, he's, 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 he's on the, he's on, yeah, he, he was born in Belgium. Um, he, he was, uh, He's with the Patriots practice squad, but you would have to bring him to the 53. Wow. Well, and, and here's, here's my thing about everyone that wants to debate this, which I don't even know why. I mean, we brought it up because of the news of them working out a punter in the grand scheme of things of all that went wrong in week one, punting was not high on my priority. List. Yes, <laughs> that's true. Converting third downs was way more important, but I'll tell you what, we're going to be coming up. We're going to take a quick break, real quick break. If you're watching live on, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, we're not going anywhere. On the audio side, just a quick word from our sponsor. We come back, we're going to talk about the injury report. We're going to take a look at the odds, the over-under game, all that good stuff. We'll be right back after this break. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. 
Got your happy price, price line. All right, Steeler fans, we're back. And it's, uh, well, Dave just disappeared. He'll be back, don't worry. But uh, we're back to talk about this upcoming game, Steelers, Browns, and the injury report. Now, figures, Dave is on his way back into the studio as we speak. This is normally his segment. What he discusses is the injury report. I know there were six players on the injury report. There he is. Dave, we're getting ready to discuss. Welcome back. Uh, the injury report. Do you have that in front of you? I, like I say, it's 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 in my brain, but I also um, I'm going to have it here in just a matter of seconds. But yes, okay, six players, correct? Six players for the Steelers. But Cam was on that. No, he wasn't. No, Cam was not on that because he was officially put on IR just before that. Okay, so, so why don't you read that off? Okay, well, there was two that didn't play, one or didn't participate, I guess you should say. One was Deontay Johnson, fully expected that. He's already been ruled out this week, although he talked to the media today. Sounds like he's feeling better, but the, the, it's not like it's going to be for Monday. The surprise was this was the only player that wasn't expected to already be on this list, another player that did not practice, and that was Anthony McFarland with a knee. Other than that, you had the guys that you expected, Chooks with the concussion, limited. That means he's at least being able to do some things um, with moving through the protocol. Uh, James Daniel, Larry Ogunjobi, both in walking boots Monday, they were both practicing limited, and Pat Frermuth was limited with his chest. Okay. Not horrible. Brian, after the laundry list after the week one game. What are your thoughts on this? Very Remember, this is our first injury report of the week because of the Monday night game. So normally we have two injury reports to discuss. Only one. Brian, what are your thoughts? Dude's got hurt. <laughs> okay. Um, Dave, got hurt. <laughs> any, uh, any thoughts on the injury report? Um, like I said, McFarland was the surprise for me that he didn't practice. Um, if that's the case, think about it. Do they have – if they're going to end up dressing Gunner anyway for as another wide receiver, although they did bring up um, Des Fitzpatrick from the from the practice squad, that, you know, he could technically handle those those duties if they're not going to use McFarlane much in the running game. Desmond King but, is on the roster. He's a return guy. Yeah. Well, and, I mean, I think that I think they're more worried about getting him up to speed as a corner than they are seeing if he can. He, I get he that. But if, you, if he's up to speed yeah. with even just certain sub packages, yeah. you can say go back and catch this kickoff or let it hit the end zone. In yes. Bulls but, part of the 25. As for the guys that are limited, I, I have a feeling that they'll all play um, as long as Chooks clears the protocol. But it sounds like he's well on his way. So, well, to Friday's a big report for him. Because if he's limited on Thursday and he's working his way through the protocol, you just can't have a setback. So if yeah. he's full or limited again, that's fine. You just want to see him progressing slowly. Mike Tomlin is very optimistic about shoots, yeah. way more optimistic than I thought. So remember, concussion protocol does not necessarily mean that it's a severe concussion or sometimes that there's a concussion at all. Dave, go ahead. That's two days in a row. They did practice yesterday. We right. just didn't have an injury report. That's and although he was, I know he wasn't full, but from what I understand, he was participating in some way. So normally when you would watch this go through, you'd be like, oh, limited. Oh, limited again without that. That's good. That means there was a setback. Yeah, yeah. That's like being two limiteds for Chooks already. Good point. Good point. Brian, now you want to say something? Yeah, I mean, I was going back to the kick returning situation that we were talking about with McFarland. Here's my question. Why are they not thinking about Calvin Austin the third there? He's a punt returner. I, I know it's a different thing. He has experience as a kick returner, yeah. too. Yeah. Why would the Steelers could. be looking at a Desmond King um, when I like what Dave said? They want to focus on corner for him. Uh, why would you put Gunner in there when when you have someone as explosive as Calvin? Because he's the second guy on the depth chart. They don't have Austin as the second guy as a kick returner. They have Gunner. That's the only reason I said it. So, but I mean, to be honest, Brian, there, there's no reason why yeah. he couldn't do that. He he's capable. Um, he's dynamic with the ball in his hands. So yeah, I think that's or it's 
being being a young guy, because technically it's, this is his rookie year, maybe they want him to focus and hone his skills in on one. Because it is slight, it is playing the ball slightly different on a punt than a kickoff. A lot of times kickoffs are end over end. Punt aren't necessarily. The hang time's different. Maybe they're – because you know how they are with – you know, Joey Porter Jr. can't play anything other than dime because they didn't want to have him have to focus on too much that first week of practice. Maybe they're not wanting Kavanaugh's the third to focus on kick returning as long as as well as punt returning, which does sound kind of, kind of silly when we actually say it out loud. Yeah, but and I th- I think the injury report also Pat Fryermuth being at practice and and this is something that he and James Daniels, Mike Tomlin said this on Tuesday. They're going to be limited early in the week, but they're expected to play. They're going to need both of those guys in this game. Uh, so good steps forward. Okay, let's talk about uh, – Did you want Cleveland's? Oh, my gosh, yes, please. I'm sorry. Okay, they had a bunch of guys that didn't practice, but they weren't injury-related, like Batonio and Amari Cooper and Miles Garrett. So the ones that were actually were injury-related were uh, defensive tackle Sheldon Harris – um, it is Sheldon, right? It just says S. Harris. Um, Shelby? Or Shelby. Yeah, whatever it is. Uh, something like that. Achilles okay. didn't practice. Um, defensive tackle M. Hurst, hamstring, didn't practice. Defensive tackle S. Ika. You know who that is? Isn't that the guy that everyone wanted the, the Steelers to draft early on? But Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Big, um, big nose tackle. Yeah, foot didn't practice. Uh, safety, Jay Thornhill, calf didn't practice. And tackle, Willis, foot limited. Willis, you said? Yes. Okay, that's interesting. Well, I know that uh, when I had, um, and you check out my Let's Ride podcast tomorrow, Friday morning, anywhere we get your podcasts, uh, I have a Browns, our fans for Sports Network Browns, one of the people that covers the Browns for us. And uh, he talked about they've got some defensive line issues going on right now, and that's a concern yeah. for them, whether it's Ika or Harris, you know, and they're hoping they can find a way to kind of patch that together. But, uh, yeah, it's very good. Brian, anything about the Cleveland uh, injury report you want to mention? Yeah, you know, it's uh, he's not on the injury report because he's already out of there, but not having that right tackle and Mr. Jack Conklin, yeah. that's, that is a very big deal that not a lot of people are talking about. However, the guy replacing him actually did not play too poorly in that game, and he is a mountain of a man. He's a rookie, but DeWand Jones, huge. TJ Watt, that's going to be the matchup. Let's let's go and let's talk about keys to victory right now. It's a really good segue into it. It sounds eerily similar to last week, doesn't it? The, the 49ers right side was their weakness. And so TJ Watt, you're like, this is the week that he's got to kind of pick it up. I mean, he has three sacks last week. Dave, do you see this being a very similar key to victory for the Steelers defense going against the uh, Browns with TJ Watt exploiting that right tackle matchup? Yes, I do. It's going to be interesting to see, though, how the Browns can play it without it being Cam Hayward that's on the other side. Not all the way out on the other side, but still having to. I mean, you're, you're you can now shift things slightly different, even though they they didn't play next to each other. Um, that that you could possibly do that, but man, TJ Watt, yeah. I, I think about this. I think back. This was an article that I did with Jeffrey Benedict when we did our our Vertex Art series. It was mentioned on some NFL show where they gave us credit for it. Because we, we we talked about the game. This was the game at, at the end of the week sixteen of two thousand one, when TJ Rock TJ uh, TJ Watt just single handedly took the Browns out on third down. He ended every drive like their first six drives. He had four sacks that game. He you know he also had the pass defense where he where he knocked something down on third down. It was just. It was just crazy the way that he did that. They're going to need a very similar performance from him. And yes, that was on that was a Monday Night Football game as well. So I'm going to try to find this stat. It was really poignant for me. I saw it on Twitter. I'll look it up while Brian answers the question. But it was about Alex Highsmith's success against Willis on the other side, uh, which most people think is you know, the, the strength there. But Brian, what do you think about this TJ Watt, the defensive matchup here? Well, I tell you what, I, I feel like TJ Watt right now is at 
the very apex of his career. This is where he is. I mean, he is on top of the NFL mountain right now on defense and the moves that he made against a guy that I don't think is that bad in Colton McKivitz uh, for San Francisco. I, I think that you have a guy that is so big in Dewan Jones and he's going to be probably more beneficial for the Browns in the running game. But what TJ Watt with the speed of TJ Watt and the moves of TJ Watt, I think he could get this guy flat footed. And I would, I would say that three uh, getting three again is not unreasonable. Not going to say it's going to happen, but you expect to have him. I mean, if we're doing over and under right now, you expect him to have more than one and a half. Well, we'll get there. We'll get well, to the over under and, and TJ's on the list, but go ahead, Dave. Well, he, here's the other thing though. Something that the Browns could have done in past matchups and did not. That could keep that, that could really minimize TJ. What Brian's talking about in the run game, just don't pass the ball. I mean, they, they've had times where they ran the ball successfully against the Steelers. I mean, I, I had some numbers here with with, uh, with, with, with Chubb, and it, it was it was one of those games where I mean, even even week 18 last year, he he had 6.4 yards of carry, but they only gave him the ball 12 times. And it's like, just run more. That that happened again. That's what happened on that Monday night game the, the year before. He he had almost five yards of carry. Only gave him the ball 12 times. There's yeah. times where if they choose that they're just like, we are going to just run and run and run, and we'll only pass if we absolutely have to, then that puts the pressure on the Steelers' offense that they have to actually – put points on the board and take Cleveland out of just being able to run the ball every down. So I found that statistic. So um, someone is actually a Browns fan, right? Everyone's talking about the Jones versus Watt matchup, but is no one worried about the Willis versus Highsmith in the last four games versus Willis Highsmith has had 11 quarterback pressures and six sacks. They're saying that Jed Willis needs to play better on Monday night. So when I heard that, I was like, Oh, so Highsmith has a little bit of success on the other side. Maybe this is a meet at the quarterback situation, but what has to happen first? And Dave, you just were alluding to this, talking about the the Nick Chubb stats. You got to stop the run. Like you're going to have to force them into obvious passing down than distances. You're not going to be able to just, you know, get get through, get barely get by, and hope that on third and two you can get Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson still has talent. People want to bash the guy. He's still capable quarterback. Sometimes it doesn't look like it, but he's still a capable quarterback. So let's, all right, let's go to the other side of the ball. Let's talk about the Steelers offense going up against a, a Browns defense that outside of the injuries along the defensive front, they've done a pretty good job of reconstructing this group. I mean, top to bottom, Mike Tomlin was glowing about the, the defensive backfield of Cleveland. We know about Miles Garrett. You talk about Zadarius is there now. Brian, what do you think about this matchup? <sighs> I... I got, I got to tell you, these guys are going to come at you. And this matchup, it scares me to think that if they are, you know, especially with Broderick Jones there, um, you know, being on the, on the right side, you know, is that natural for him when he's played so much in the preseason on the left side? Um, you know, this is one of the best defenses we've seen out of Cleveland in a few years. Uh, they're going to be coming hard. They're, nobody's going to give you a pass. Uh, so, you know, I'm concerned if the offensive line cannot pick themselves up. You know, and, and if they play the way they did last week, then this is going to be a long afternoon, actually evening. Yeah. Dave, what about you? What are your thoughts? All right. Well, first of all, they were saying, oh, Broderick Jones on the right, or is more moving I, I don't think it matters. I think it's going to be Dan Moore at left tackle and Chuka Cora for at right tackle. And although, you know, despite the PFF scores, which of course we know can be ridiculous, um, Dan Moore Jr. has actually done better against Miles Garrett. Think about it. You talked about those numbers with Alex Highsmith. 
Miles Garrett hasn't had those numbers against Dan Moore. No. So now, am I am I overly confident in that that that's going to happen every time? No, I am not. I'm not. But we've seen it, so it's not outside the realm of possibility. So that's one thing that I think is going on. And and it, this is interesting. Did did you guys see where I shared this with the staff? I think yesterday. Um, it, it's really funny because it all depends on what metric you're looking at on whether or not the offensive line did very well in the last game. Not on the last game. But this was before the Monday night game where these numbers came out. So it was 30 teams. PFF had the Steelers. This was this was pass protection. They had them dead last. Um, um, what, what's it called? Um, SIS. They had them seventh. Seventh best. And then ESPN had them right in the middle at 15 out of 30. So it it really all depends on on your source as to were they the, were they the worst were they towards the top or were they in the middle? Uh, Coach Tomlin seemed to think that until it got out of hand and predictable at the end, that it wasn't as much of a problem against that defensive front last week. It's going to be another big test, but I'm not going to say the Browns is better. I'm not going to say that theirs is better, especially with some questions at defensive tackle. So the offensive line really does have to step up and, and do, do um, get the job done this week because it just wasn't what it needed to be before. Okay, last question before we take another quick break. Uh, last question here about the offense, and it is – based around Deontay Johnson's absence. So we follow the, the smatterings on Twitter and what people are saying on our website, steelcurtainnetwork.com. Go check it out. Uh, a lot of people are in one boat or the other in terms of how to replace Deontay Johnson, at least for this week in the lineup. Some are saying, easy. Allen Robinson goes outside. If you need to flex in a, a slot receiver, you put Calvin Austin there. Some people are saying other thoughts. Brian, what is your thought in terms of how the Steelers should manage their wide receiving core in the absence of Deontay Johnson? You know, Allen Robinson is a guy that got a lot of balls that because of Deontay Johnson's absence last week. And I thought he was a very comfortable right there with Kenny Pickett throwing him the football. You know, George Pickens becomes your number one guy here. But as far as managing it, you're going to see, looks like Calvin Austin is going to get a lot more action as well. So you, those are going to be your top three receivers who were uh, number two through four uh, with Deontay Johnson being considered the number one. So you're going to see move up to be the top three and you might see some action out of uh, guys that you didn't expect, like a Gunnar Olszewski, like a uh, maybe a Des Fitzpatrick as well. So you're going to you're going to see some guys get some action in there. It's going to be really interesting. I'm I'm thinking that you're going to see a guy like Allen Robinson be more of a safety valve, and uh, because he's the veteran and that he already has a good rapport with Kenny Pickett. Dave, what about you talking about the receivers? Yeah, I I like what Brian said there about um, Allen Robinson being a safety valve more. If it's not the tight ends, any of the tight ends. Um, but when it comes to just the wide receivers, I agree there. I think I'm worried that George Pickens' targets are going to go down because now he's going to draw even more attention because you don't have to worry about guarding Deontay Johnson. Now, do I think George Pickens is capable of still taking on, you know, better defenders or more defenders and still come up with crazy catches? I do. I'm just not sure that Kenny Pickett will be confident enough to throw him the ball more. So I think the receptions are going to go more to Allen Robinson. I think this is a one-to-one -one swap. I mean, I think a lot of people are talking about moving Allen Robinson outside, which he will in some cases. I think that in – the instances where Deontay Johnson was primarily an outside receiver, which he normally was put Calvin Austin out there. Brian mentioned it as well. If there's a player who can gain the separation that Deontay Johnson could based on speed. And you know what, if you want to soften up the defensive secondary, have him go deep a couple times, even if it's not completed, throw it, take a couple deep shots and they will not want to press Calvin Austin. He's that fast. So I'd love to see them utilize him more. 
If Gunnar Olszewski takes Calvin Austin's old spot, meaning he comes in in the slot, he's doing the jet sweep motions, things like that. I'm fine with it. I think they can live like that. I do agree with Dave. I, I'm concerned that Pickens is going to get all the bracketed coverage, and that might uh, that, that might hurt his production a little bit. We're going to talk about that. All right, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Uh, right for word from the sponsors. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane. So shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right. We are back. And it is time to do my favorite part of the show. That is a runner game. Dave, do you have the update from last week by chance? Yes, I do. Uh, last week where we did six of them, we didn't do too great. Uh, we all did a couple, uh, some better than others. Um, Brian got two of them right. I got two of them right. And Jeff, you got three of them right. Woo-hoo. Because as we went through, you were behind for the longest time and then at the end, um, on the very last one, you're the the takeaways is the one that sets you apart, which was uh-huh. the sixth one that we did. So okay, very good. So we only have five this week. Only have five this week. That's just what you know. Just trying to do that. Okay. So let's start off with T.J. Watt, Trent Jordan Watt. Overall sacks. We talked about this already once a little bit. I'm setting the line at two and a half. Brian, you taking the over or the under? I'm still going to take the over. Okay. I think it's going to happen. I, I, uh, you know, they're going to give Dewan Jones help, but they they tried to do that last week with George Kittle giving help, and it, it just he still made it happen. Can't protect him the entire game. You're eventually going to have to put him on an island. Dave, what do you think? Over under two and a half. This is kind of going to tip off what I'm looking at otherwise, but in order for TJ Watt to get that many sacks, they're going to have to throw the ball that much. And I'm not convinced the Steelers are going to make the Browns have to throw the ball. So I'm going under. I am going over. TJ will get his. I think he gets three. All right, let's go with Kenny Pickett touching touchdown passes, touchdown passes. So not total touchdowns, touchdown passes. I've got the line set at one and a half. Brian, what do you think? I'm optimistic to say two. Okay. Dave. Uh, I'm going under. I'll go one of passes. Okay. I'm going to go over two. Over two. Let's go with Calvin Austin, the third receptions, not targets, receptions. I've got the line set at four and a half. Brian, what do you think? Why am I, I so optimistic this week? I got to go over because I could see him getting five or six. Deontay Johnson's not there. Okay, Dave. Like I say, when you say the when you say the subject, I quickly try to think of my number before I hear yours, and my number was four. So I guess once again, I'm the pessimist, and I'm going to go under. I, I, hmm. I this I, I even set this line, and I'm struggling. I'm going to go over with five. I'm going to go over with so, five. 
recap three straight. You guys both completely agree, both going over on everything. I'm the opposite, going under on everything. So can we the please tides. switch it up a little bit here, Jeff? The tides could turn this week. Okay, let's go with a line that I said last week that I'm keeping for this week. George Pickens receiving yards, 65 and a half. Brian, over under. I'm going under. I really think that uh, I agree with what was said about 10 minutes ago, that he is going to be uh, the the main focus of this team, and they can afford to do that without Deontay Johnson, the dangerous Deontay Johnson, you know, taking, not being there to have eyes on. Okay, Dave, over under 65 and a half. I still think he's going to get some yardage, but I don't know that he's going to explode without Deontay Johnson. I think those receiving yards are going to go more towards Robinson and the tight ends. So I'm going under. I too, I'm going to go under, but around 60. I think he'll have a good game. I think he'll be around last week. That was the only one we all agreed on and we were all over (laughs) this week. We all agree on it and we're all under. Okay. Hey, if he goes off, I'm not going to complain. I'm not going to complain complain. one bit. Last one, the fifth and final Pittsburgh Steelers defensive takeaways. I've got that number at one and a half, Brian. I'm actually going to go under on this one. I, I don't think they're going to cough up the ball whatsoever. Um, I, I think one is possible. I, I think they could pick up, pick off Deshaun. I just don't uh, see fumbles happening. If fumbles do happen, it's going to be a wide receiver uh, fumbling the football. I don't see a running back doing it. Okay, Dave. I got to be pe- or optimistic about something. So I'm going to go over here and say, hey, they can get two takeaways. The question is how many turnovers they're going to have of their own, if that's going to keep them in the pot, if they'll they'll even have a positive margin then. Jeez, I am scared to hear Dave's prediction for this game. Um, I'm going to go with over. I think that, you know, TJ Watt is a turnover machine by himself. They do have Deshaun Watson, a quarterback. He tends to take some risks with the football. I'm going to go with two, so I'm going to take the over. All right. It is time for those predictions. We here at Steel Curtain Network are sponsored by MyBookie. So the current line as of today is the Cleveland Browns are giving two and a half points on the road, meaning in Pittsburgh on Monday Night Football. So can't believe that. But he gets better. The over-under is 38 and a half. We thought last week's over under for the San Francisco 49ers and Steelers 41 and a half was bad. It's 38 and a half sports books. Don't like the Steelers offense at all. Brian, what's your score prediction? How do you see this one go? You know what? I've, uh, I was all set to say that the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to rebound and take this game. I fully believe that it's possible, but this show has has done something to me and I'm actually going to go ahead and say under and I'm going to say Browns 27 Steelers 16. That's not under. Yeah, that's over. Okay. I can't add then. Um, all right. Well, I already gave Pickett two touchdowns. So 24, 16. Okay. Oh, I'll take the over and I'm just going to go with 27, 16. Cleveland? Okay. Cleveland. Yes, I hate to do that, man. I, I'm not this guy, but I'm just not feeling it right now. Okay, Dave, go ahead. All right. Well, here's here's the number I'm confident in. I have it that I think the Browns are going to score 17 points. That's just what's been in my brain. The only thing that I can't decide is are the Steelers going to score 13 or are they going to score 20? And I'm really, I've bounced back and forth so many times of whether or not I think they're going to go 13 or 20. And for some reason, I'm I'm settling on the 13. So I'm actually going to go Cleveland 17-13. And Brian, that is the under. Oh my gosh. What is going on? Uh, okay, let let Jeff talk for a sec. Here's my prediction. Well, I, can, I already wrote good. in. I already wrote in Steelers. It doesn't <laughs> matter who they play. You're going to pick them. I this have not had you not pick the Steelers in 
in an actual Steelers preview show yep. that's leading for the game ever since I've joined you. This is accurate. Okay. <laughs> so the Steelers, I've always said this. I, I was talking to Jeremy Jerome Betts on my podcast for Friday. Let's ride. And we were talking, I, it might've been after we even got off the air and he too, not to spoil it, but he picked the Browns to win as well. And I said, when you have a game like the San Francisco 49ers, that is not a familiar opponent. It, they they've played them what once every four years haven't played them in Pittsburgh and eight something along those lines give or take who cares and so they're just not used to playing against that style of offense whether it's the stretch zone running scheme the Kyle Shanahan whatever very physical very fast defense in terms of top to bottom just great I think that what you want to get back on track is familiarity and so, yes, Jim Schwartz might be the new defensive coordinator up there in Cleveland. Kevin Stefanski is still running things. Very familiar with that opponent. You want that familiarity. They have an extra day. I'm sorry. I think the Steelers bounce back. I don't think they lose in prime time at home. I think it's going to be close. I think it's going to be really close. I have the Steelers winning this one 23 to 21. 23 to 21. A little bit higher scoring than people might expect. Definitely on the overside, but I'll take the Steelers getting the points, but they're not going to need it. Take them on the money line. Steelers 23, Browns 21. That is my prediction. So I, I'm surrounded by Browns fans, I guess. Now Jeremy picked the Browns. Y'all picked the Browns. Like, oh, yeah, because it's like we're rooting for the Browns to win. Come on. <laughs> the, Jeff, this all to me, notice that I said I think the defense is going to have them to 17 points. I yeah. feel that the defense is going to – if nothing else, <laughs> this game could be slow and boring because they can't stop the run and the clock, and, and it's going to be a, a, a less than a two-and-a-half-hour game because the clock's going to run the whole time because of the running game. And the question is, can the offense change it? That's where I don't have the, the big confidence now. I need to see more out of the offensive line. I need to see that they can that, that they can do more from the receivers without Deontay Johnson. And I need to see that that Kenny Pickett can bounce back. I think this is his number one bounce back opportunity more than anything last year, even in my opinion. I mean, I, I still think the offense that we saw in the preseason, while maybe not as dynamic as five of five drives for touchdowns, it still exists. It's just a matter of they got to figure things out. So they got smacked in the mouth last week. Let's see how they respond. Can can it exist when a defense is actually trying to confuse Kenny Pickett, which isn't what they were doing in the preseason? They weren't no, doing those kind that. of things. Yeah, for sure. So that's that's the question. That's what I want to see the confidence. Uh, that's what I I want to have my confidence restored in that before I'm ready to think that the offense can do anything great Sounds against like the your quality. Confidence defense. was shattered. It sounds like your confidence was shattered after last week. Well, yeah, because what you were what you were looking at in the preseason isn't. Isn't real NFL football as much? No, I understand that. So but when the they had, time, when but they had the to take the time, real, but at yeah. the same time, you're also stating with that with that sentiment that the there are that there's no such thing as like that game that just everything goes yeah. bad. I mean, there is an aberration. It, it's kind of like predicting the inactive list for me. Once I which. I always struggle with in week one and actually got, I would say four and a half out of five, right. I said, if, if Hogan Joby's, um, you know, can't go, it's him. But if he, if he can, it's going to be Armand Watson. The other one, I got to the four, right. I usually don't do that early on. I need to see the Steelers established pattern of who they, who they're going to have active and who they, who's at the bottom of the list. And then I base it off of that, how they're going to change things. It's kind of, I kind of see the same thing with them offensively right now between the 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 execution and the and the offensive philosophy brian do you want to chime in with anything yeah i'm kind of going with the old philosophy that i don't even know if i believe in my pick right now mm -hmm. i just feel like seriously for the first time in a long time i feel like steeler nation has beaten me I yeah. think they have they have just chipped away at me the entire week that I'm just going to say, all right, I'm going to subscribe to the lack of hype this week just for the fact that I'm wrong a lot. So yeah. I'm hoping <laughs> that I'm wrong here and that I'm pleasantly surprised. Exactly. Like, You're spot on, Brian. So Because I don't even know what I think. I can't wait for this game. 
I'm optimistic. And I think, uh, I really think if they show their true colors, that the Pittsburgh Steelers can really surprise a lot of people. I'm not mm-hmm. ready to, my gosh, I feel like I'm going to my final thoughts. I'm not ready to throw in the terrible towel. I'm just, uh, I'm just going with strategy right now. No, hey, everyone's entitled to their opinion. I'm just curious. Yeah. All right, you called us Browns fans. I know. I did. <laughs> uh, Brian, do you have any uh, trivia tonight? Yes, my friend, I do. And Go it is it. about quarterbacks that have shared time with both the Steelers and the Browns. And I swear that there was eight, but I'm only finding seven through my research. And, you know, one of them is recent history. So if you can give me seven and who, which one of you can give me most of the seven? Bruce Bradkowski. Yes. Yep, that's one. That's one. Josh Dobbs. <laughs> of course, the most recent. That's two. <laughs> Um, Jeff, it's your turn. um, Yeah, no. I'm trying to. Are are any of them more recent, or the we have to go back to like the 70s? One is still active, actually. He now I don't know if he's ever suited up, but he was on the Steelers in the regular season. I don't know if he officially played. One of those like perennial backups. Yeah. Yeah, yes. Was Brian? Did Brian Payne St. Pierre end up in Cleveland at all? No, but okay. Uh, let's stick with that great first name, though. Oh, Brian Hoyer. Brian Hoyer is number three. Uh, one is uh, I forgot that he was with the Steelers. One is a uh, one started for the Steelers. He is more known as a backup, and he is uh, probably known for more of another team, but. This guy is one that we uh, wax poetically about when we talk about backup quarterbacks. I cheated and looked at the live chat. I think I know. You do know. Is it if Mike Tomzak? It is oh, Mike the great Tom. Ohio State. Yeah, he was with both, wasn't he? And so. Most notable for the Bears, though, wouldn't you say? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Now, I'm going to give you th- this one because you're not going to get it because it's Bill Nelson. He was the quarterback in the late 60s. Um, there is one here that uh, was a Hall of Famer, not because of his time with the Steelers. And he was a Hall of Famer for, I guess, his third team because he left the Steelers. He was a draft pick of the Steelers. He, uh, We're talking 60s and 70s here. Did, did, I was going to say, say, did Len Dawson end up in Cleveland? Len Dawson, before he went to the Chiefs, was a Cleveland Brown. Gotcha. And so the one last one that I'm looking for all I have to do is say, shame on you, Jeff Hartman. Shame on you. Oh, Dick Shiner. Dick Shiner. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny because someone sent me a picture of like a card, like a trading card of his, and it was him in a Browns uniform. Me? And that's the only reason I remember. I, I, bought that for you. I bought it for you. Oh, I just you haven't for seen me. you. That's right. Where is that? I, I have I it. I haven't that. seen you. Yeah. <laughs> you have it. You sent me the picture. You didn't yeah, get I sent you me. the picture. Yeah, yeah that's I, right. Yeah. We, we talk all the time, but <laughs> yep. we, we physically aren't around each other that much. Right. You're right. Dick Shiner. Dick Shiner Nutter Shiner. 2024. I'm going to get shirts made. Shiner Nutter. <laughs> <laughs> 2024. <laughs> They got my uh, All right, Dave, go ahead. <laughs> well, if y'all listened to Stat Geek this morning, I broke down a number of different streaks of going on that could go one way or the other. You know, the Steelers have that, you have to say it properly, Monday night football streak at home. You can't say on a Monday because of that 5 o'clock game against the the whoever Washington was at the time. Um that, that stopped the 2020 win streak, that one there. You could talk about the big streak they have against Cleveland and Pittsburgh in the regular season because you have to ignore the playoff game and everything. But then we also – I broke down where Jeff talked about the streak of, the, of teams that play the 49ers not winning the next week. All last season, there was not one team that played the 49ers that then played the following week and won a game. just didn't happen. So – 
I got another one. I was looking at that, and with all the and I, you know the Monday night streak for the Steelers with all that, and because that was the one I started with, and I was looking. I'm like, have the Steelers? You know, they they've opened it my on Monday night. I've really only at home one time. This is only the second time the Pittsburgh Steelers will play a Monday night football game at home in week two. Do you know what that other game was? Do you know what to say, Brian? I was going to say, I should probably say, Brian Anthony Davis, do you know what that game was? The only other time in week two the Steelers have played on Monday night football. Man, I – now, I I remember – the year after the Super Bowl, but it was on the road when they lost to Jacksonville and Ben was out. That was the that was in 2006, the, 2006. the zero to nine. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, but that was on you're right, that was on the road. Uh, I'm probably gonna kick myself. Um I'm, I'm still thinking. Was this how recent was this? How about I give you the year and you tell me if you can tell me the opponent and the outcome? How's that sound? If if it's recent, yeah. The year was 1986. Denver Broncos. They played they the Denver Broncos, and, and they lost that game. They lost that game. Yes, they did. Yep. In fact, the Pittsburgh Steelers have never won a Monday Night Football game during Week Two. Hmm. Oh wow! No, and I'm that's done. why I went with 13 instead of 20. You're welcome, Jeff. <laughs> there you go. All right. Good stuff. Good trivia for both of you. Uh, Brian, I know you kind of went on your final thoughts earlier. Do you have any final thoughts tonight? Yeah, real quick. Look, I mean, we are so knee-jerk as Steeler Nation. We we really are. Uh, you know, we have seen it so many times. Last year, as Steeler fans, we were talking about having the number one overall pick and starting over and doing all that. You know, this is just not the way this team is made up. This is not the way that this team is run. I'm not I'm not even ready to take them out of the the playoff race even if they lose this week and go 0 and 2. Do I really think that uh they are a Super Bowl winner? No, I don't. But I really think that this team still has something special to them. So I'm not ready to uh, just lay down and believe all the naysayers, even though I kind of let them all get to me. And uh, I'm just, this is just personally, I've been like this all day. I think my family thinks I'm the crankiest man alive today. And I'm usually really jolly. And I think this week has beaten me down. And it's all because of what happened on Sunday, because it was dashed hopes. But I keep on going back to something that I said a lot this week after they lost that game. Remember how many times that they got not only lost, but had their hats handed to them in week one and not only made the playoffs, but most of those seasons won at least one playoff game in those seasons. So I'm just saying that you know, this is a long year. If you're in Buffalo, if you're in Cincinnati, if you're in Kansas City, those those fan bases still expect them to do great things. And some of those teams were more embarrassed than what the Pittsburgh Steelers were. Now, the Pittsburgh Steelers were embarrassed. But, wow, I, I'm just saying that you can't compare them to them, but 15 other teams lost their first game this season. And a good bit of them will be in the playoffs. Okay. Dave, final thoughts. I, Brian and I have kind of gone with the trend of not Steelers fans, but just look at the line from this game. Originally, it was the Steelers favored slightly at home. After the results of week one, it flipped to where the Browns are favored in Pittsburgh. Because... That that's the other thing that I looked at with some of these streaks is how much how many times th- those Monday night games that crazy Monday night streak the Steelers have they were favored in all those games. This is really one that they're going to have to come through and win where they're not favored. 
the where I don't agree with Steelers Nation, a lot of people that have the the knee jerk reactions to everything, is that is, it's not that the Steelers can't turn this season around and won't turn the season around and be a team at least fighting for the playoffs, if not a playoff team. I'm not convinced that it's going to happen in week two. It can, but even if it doesn't, it doesn't mean that it's out of the question. So the Steelers need to make marked improvements. Is this really the week to do it? Even though, yes, you're at home, it's in prime time, but you're down your your most tenured player on the team and Cam Hayward, you're the real heart and soul of the team. He's he's the old man captain. And you're also down your biggest salaried offensive player. That's what they're going into now. So I'm not convinced that this will be the week, but I'm still not saying, even if it's not, that it's not going to be a turnaround then in, in the coming weeks. So for, for those who are like, oh, if they drop this when the sky is falling, it's not yet. It just means it's one less opportunity to get those games going on your way, on your side, going your way. Well said, both of you guys. Uh, good stuff as always. We'll be back next week for another Steelers preview podcast. So make sure you check us out on Monday night for the post-game show. That's always a fun one. Hopefully it is celebratory, not like last week. In the meantime, Dave, why don't you send us out like you always do? Hey. We'll see you next week on another Steelers preview pod. Everybody else gets a little tight. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandslots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.